I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, starting May 6th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. School of Humans. Okay, hello. Welcome to another episode of Cadaver Gals. Uh, This is the show where we explore all the different ways people have died to cope with our own mortality. (laughs) I'm one of your hosts, Gabby, along with Nika. Oh, hi. And Taylor. Hello. Wow. I said your name normally today. Who am I? 9.30 a.m. in the morning. That's why. I know. I have no tricks Um, up my sleeve. Yeah, no tricks yet. So today we're going to hear a tale about a king who maybe met his end in a different way that people had originally thought. Um, Real specific. That's That's so long. (laughs) You know, he might have died one way, but maybe he died a different way. Um, We're going to hear about that. That's pretty exciting. And then we're also going to hear about a lady who stuck the wrong thing in her husband's butt. Oh, my gosh. I don't get too excited. I'm so excited. I found a confetti dildo that I am like, you gonna no, I'm buying it for myself either when I get a promotion or on my birthday. Wait, does it confetti inside of you? Uh, yeah, it's like, no, it's like, what? It doesn't have. Okay, no, it looks like confetti. But it's oh. obviously, it's inside the silicone, so it's not, like, anything crazy. Oh, you just made okay. it sound like it was, like, a confetti gun. No. Yeah. <laughs> that you're, like, <laughs> into no. Anyway, no. We are going to talk about vaginal health later in this episode, so I think that's a good foreshadowing. It's a good <laughs> vaginal Never, health foreshadowing. I do have some tricks up my sleeve, I guess. Wow. Oh, yeah. Um, so I guess trigger warnings for today are... I guess vaginas, but that's towards the end. Um, Ah, vagina. But we're going to be talking about disease, infection, you know, maybe some guts, alcohol poisoning, butts, um, and Catholicism. Oh, my. So uh, we'll be right back. Listen to the theme music. Have fun. Cadaver Gals. Cadaver gals, here we are. Wow, we have so many interesting factoids to get through today. And Nika is going to start us off with the very vague description of the king who died, but maybe died a different way. So why don't you like go into some more detail about that or something, Nika? You know, that is the plan, according to our outline. Um, So (laughs) we have a nasty story today, and I am so excited about it. So I was reading... My weekly paper. 
I feel so fucking stupid saying my jokes when I know they're freaking like written down. Like I'm not funny. I think I need everyone to know this podcast that I'm not funny. Okay. I was reading my weekly paper, mm-hmm. the Journal of Stomatology, Oral, and Maxillofacial Surgery, as one does. Oh, right. Yes. Obviously. It's called being smart. And they reported that a certain king we thought died of dysentery or plague actually died of scurvy. Ahoy, like a pirate, right? Oh my God. Wow, that's so exciting. Yes, and just like pirates, this king was in fact burning and pillaging lands. So here we go. Good riddance. What a thing for people to be doing. What a thing, honestly, in medieval times. Um, I, I think he got what he deserved. Although he ended up being canonized, which like... Okay. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway, we're talking... That's right, everyone. I know everyone knows who we're talking about. I know everyone knows. King Louis the Ninth. We know. We know oh, yeah. him. I yeah. I was going to say, was it Louis the Ninth or the Eighth, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, not I everyone can... I get those can, too confused yeah, Not so everyone much. can um, have their science and their journal of stomatology on, on deck like me, you know? Anyway, so he ruled France as we know, Lit. from 1226 <laughs> to 1270. Mm-hmm. And, oh my gosh, first of all, I find it really funny that he had to take the throne at 12 years old, which, uh, no. That's like Joffrey status. I know. I'm pretty sure that I was still playing with my littlest pet shops at 12 years old. But anyway, so he took the throne at 12. Obviously, he could not rule at 12 because he would probably be like, make everyone race or whatever. Um, so his mom ruled as like, uh, a regent, I think it's what it's called until he was about 15, I think. And, um, he was like a major mama's boy. And when his mother picked the wife that he would marry, she was like, oh, this will be a great political marriage, whatever, blah, blah. They ended up actually really liking each other and having like a good relationship, which is kind of rare back then. Yeah. Sometimes moms know their boys, just knows what they want, which (laughs) is a political alliance. Exactly. But um, medieval people said that the mom was super jealous because of he was an ardent husband is what they wrote down. And I'm like, ooh, giving me bad vibes, giving me mommy issues. That's not okay. So apparently she was really crazy and jealous and hated the wife because of that. Anyway... Just some medieval tea on your morning or afternoon or wherever you are listening. It's morning for me. I think it'd be good for a dating app is, you know, you should just put in your qualities as like, I would be an ardent husband. I mean, (laughs) I love the word ardent. I read that and I said, okay, okay. Ardent as fuck. Exactly. But he was also like super, super Christian. So how ardent can you really look kidding? Anyway. um, Well, it's his wife, it's his mom and the Lord. That's a lot of love. That's a polyamorous (laughs) relationship. That's as polyamorous as Christianity gets. Kidding, kidding. Um, I see you, Christian polyamory people. Okay. So um, he was very, very Christian, and he would punish blasphemy by mutilating people's tongues and lips. And um, Mm. he also led France to a time of economic and political prosperity, which is good. So, you know, you got some bad, the mutilating, you know, all sort of stuff, and you got some good. Um, (laughs) Ardent husband, political prosperity. Okay. Now... Crusades were very popular back then, as we all know. And he was a big fan of them. He was like, yeah, let's go on crusades. He got really, really sick one time. Um, He was like on his deathbed. And then as he, like the last words that he said were, give me the cross. Or actually he's French, so, but I I won't, I won't do that. Donnez-moi le croix. Hey, yeah. That's like, that sounded like just give me a look. Croy. Give me Croy. <laughs> One seltzer water, please. Peach I mean, para. I mean, that's. I feel like that's what people would do now. But yes, he was like, "Give me the cross," and he. They gave him the cross, and he put it on his chest, and he miraculously got better. And so he promised God that if he were to get better from this illness that almost killed him, he would go on a crusade. It would be his first crusade, like that he was leading. So that was a big deal. That's such a weird thing to do, but okay. What I will say, though, I know it sounds crazy, but especially in Catholic countries, that still happens now. Like, I'm pretty sure my grandma, she asked God to heal her from something, and then God did. Wow. Um, But, and then she had promised him that she would go to see, I think, the Virgin Mary or some rosary person in Mexico 
And the doctor was like, you shouldn't travel. You're just recovering, blah, blah. She was like, I pr le prometí a Diosito. She said she promised God. And so she went to Mexico and she climbed up all of these stairs to go and see the Virgin Mary and go back down. And that was like her pilgrimage. So it's very much a thing that people still do, which I, I'm like, Ugh, okay, you know. I was, thought you were going to say she went on a crusade. I was like, damn, Nika. <laughs> No, no, she did not go on a crusade, thankfully. How do people just like decide randomly, like, mm, if you heal me, I will go on a crusade, okay? Or you know, if you heal me, I'm, you know, I'm going to just go travel the world. Like, I know. If you'll heal me, I'm going to um, get Louboutins for myself. Okay, anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, like you can say yeah. anything. <laughs> okay. So but he, he did it like he was like, I want to go on a crusade because I want to spread the word of God, but then also kill every Muslim I meet, um, which is not not good. That is that is very bad. Very rude. Exactly. Good crusade analysis. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You're welcome. So he went on his crusade um, to the Holy Land, which is Israel, and he decided to go through Egypt and he thought it would be really easy. He was like, we are um, better Basically, we are more, quote unquote, advanced is what he thought. So he took an army of 40,000 men with him, but they were literally barely halfway across the Nile before <laughs> the Muslim armies of Egypt attacked and captured him, which like, that's, uh, little what, bitch. that's what Gen Z calls an L. Okay. Wait, what does that mean? Like, like a loss, a loser. You can make, you can oh. have W's and you can have L's. That's also what Smash Mouth says. So that's older. That's, yeah, you know, that's a Gen Xer. Oh. It goes back to Gen X, I would say. Okay, well, the history I didn't of know the that. L. <laughs> <laughs> the history of the word L. Oh my gosh. I've the never watched. The word L. That's a letter. You know, I've got. Okay, I'm going to keep <laughs> moving. I'm going to keep it moving. So he took his army. He got captured immediately. Big L's all over here. He was eventually released for an insane ransom. He was released for 400,000. I hate, like, livre tournois. Livre tournois. I don't know how to say that. But that was basically a third of France's annual revenue. So he really mm. done messed up A.A. Ron, okay? Anyway, I say this to emphasize that he was not very good at crusades. That's literally <laughs> the only reason why I brought up his first crusade. He did end up, actually, when he was captured, though, he ended up staying after paying the ransom for four years and making friends with all of the army generals and governors of that province. And so he was a very good, charismatic political leader. He was just terrible at army stuff. He was just bad at it. Okay. So is he like, shoo, God is mad at me because I didn't do my crusade well? I, I mean, I think that he thinks, you know, God, I did it for God and, and God said no this time. I feel like that's the way that... You know, people think if it doesn't work out for them. Okay. That's still what God wanted, even though it sucks for you and you're kidnapped. That's what God is. So he's testing God's you. Plan. Right, God's right. Plan. Like Drake said. Okay. Yeah. So not good at crusades. And he didn't go on another one for over 20 years. He stayed in his lane, King. And he should have because things got nasty on the second one. Sometimes as we get older, we forget the lessons that we learned from our youth as we all know. And sure enough, at 56, Louis is like, I want a crusade again. You know, it's time to ride. <laughs> Fast and Furious 9, the last ride. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So he packs his stuff up, his armies, etc., And he goes to Tunisia, which is in Africa, to start the journey of taking the Holy Land back from the Muslims again. Okay? Y'all, they didn't even pack water. They didn't even pack fruits <laughs> or vegetables. I'm just like, I pack better than like for a six-hour Florida road trip than they do on a crusade. And that is lame. Anyway, they were yeah, not Yeah, but you're it. super type A and like, let's plan and G-Cal everything. Um, I, What's more dangerous, a crusade or going to Florida? Honestly, I, I will <laughs> let people answer in the comments because we do not know, okay? Florida has some messed up things and spaces and places. I was there two weeks ago and I was dancing in a bikini in a gas station, Okay. I would never do that. I saw some things, Nika. You, you did dangerous. see some things. Mm -hmm. I saw some things <laughs> on the gram. Oh, my gosh. Me contracting syphilis because I was barefoot on a gas station. Anyway, I don't even know that's how you contract syphilis. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Unless your vagina's on your feet. <laughs> 
Ew, Taylor. I knew that we were going to talk about vaginal health. This is how you contract syphilis. Okay. So they didn't even get to fighting. They didn't even. They literally set up camp. And then <laughs> um, one-sixth of the army died just okay. with setting up camp, including St. King Louis. Uh-huh. He also passed. Now, for a while, scientists believed that he died of the plague because it seemed like a big plague was, like, riling up the camp, okay? But it seems like that was a mistake and also a bad translation of what actually could have been pestilence. So they translated the medieval French as plague, but it was actually probably pestilence, which is interesting. Um, his jawbone... Super interesting. Okay, well, <laughs> fuck you, Gabby. His jawbone was found buried in the Notre Dame, and they found evidence of scurvy disease. Interesting. Now this, Ooh. Yes. Now, this tracks with the medieval chronicler from that time who said that the army had suffered from gum necrosis, which is when your gums die. Now, um, what they would have to do to kind of fix this so they could keep eating and stuff, they would have to cut the dead tissue off the soldiers. And all throughout the camp, you would hear soldiers screaming in agony as their gums would get cut up and their teeth would get pulled because they were indeed suffering. Ow. Yeah. That's what happens with scurvy is your gums suck. Well, it was like, <laughs> it's one of the many scurvy symptoms. But yes, your gums just start falling apart, basically. Oh. Yes. Yuck. Which, which like... Yucky. Gums? I don't think about... Yeah, like, I don't think about how much they must hurt if they're not working or if they get infected. But, like, that must be very painful and scary. And also not cute at all. Yeah, you must have a weird smile after that. Exactly. Um, The medieval chronicler also mentioned that Louis... This is so disgusting. Would consistently spit out bits of his gums and his teeth all around the camp. I don't like that. Oh. That's gross. I don't like that either. Now, I'm stressed. scientists were scratching their heads as they do because why would he be suffering from scurvy? Tunisia has a ton of fruits and vegetables, but it seems like King Louis didn't want to try any of the enemy's foods. And so he kept wow. eating the rations that they brought from France, which were literally just meat, basically. Of just course. meat and fish, essentially. Not we exactly a balanced veggies. diet. Exactly. Also, he would fast a lot because of his religion, and so it seems like that also affected the way his bones, like, they they um, they um did some testing to see how his bones were, how his jaw bones were, and they showed evidence of someone much older than King Louis, but they think that that's because of his really messed up diet, because he was not built well, basically. He did not take care of himself. But it was for God, so it's fine to have bad bones. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Now, scientists are itching to check Louis' guts next because they say that maybe the scurvy wore Louis down and an infection actually took hold of him and killed him. The great news is that his intestines were boiled in wine, spices, and salt and preserved. So it shouldn't be long before we find out what parasite or infection actually killed this ancient saint, which Ew. is exciting. Wow, so they haven't just like hopped on this research immediately to, you know, make this profound discovery that we all need right now? It's in progress. It's in progress, you know. I am checking the journal of stomatophysiology and maximalicofacial something every day, but nothing yet. But I'll keep you guys posted. Wow. I love, why was his guts boiled? Was um, that just like a classy thing to do? To yeah, them? like back then. Um, yeah, no, no, they didn't want to cook them, Taylor. You said back, boiled. They did to preserve it. So what they would do with it cooks them? Pe- <laughs> no. Okay. What they would do with fancy people's bodies, holy people's bodies, kings and stuff like that, is they would preserve almost the entire body, basically. So, like for example, to preserve the bones, they would boil off all the fat. And then they would polish them so all of the bones would, like, remain perfectly intact. That's why the jawbone was in such good condition. With the intestines, they would basically boil them and then add wine, spices, salt, and literally preserve them as if they were, like, salted beef, essentially. Because they believed that all parts of the body were holy. Okay. Hmm. Not to eat, Taylor. I'm not saying to eat, but they cooked them. That's forbidden meat, actually. It's forbidden meat. <laughs> Cannibalism. It's the uh, <laughs> yeah. It's the mystery flavor. Um, it's the mystery jerky. Mystery jerky. Uh. Louis the Ninth. 
Wow, Nika, that was so interesting. Thank you for keeping us up to date on this uh, breaking news. And um, <laughs> we will be right back. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Cadaver Gals. Here we are. Um, as Nika spoiled earlier in her story, but then actually didn't say anything more about it. But uh, Louis the Ninth was canonized. Okay, and that doesn't mean he was put into a human cannonball. <laughs> I literally knew you okay. were going to say that, and <laughs> I, I, I thought it too. And I was actually going to write that into my outline, and then I said, "I'm going to give Gabby that." That's yeah. so sweet of you. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny that they put a dead king in a human cannon and just launch him with his guts, his boiled guts. Okay. Um, that's not what it means. I'm sorry. This is not funny. Okay. Not to be gross, though, but um, beef, like preserves in wine and spices, sounds real good. I'm not saying guts. I'm not saying people's guts. I'm saying. People cook with red wine all the time, and that's yummy as heck. So. Why are you getting mad at me? I said that. They cooked it, and you were like, no. Like, I know they're not going <laughs> to eat it. They're not going to eat a king. You don't always eat the things you cook, Nika. Sometimes you let it just rot in your fridge. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor grocery shopping. Okay. Okay. So, he was not putting a human <laughs> cannonball. This is when you get sainted, even though it is fun to think about. 
that's what all the saints are, just human cannonballs <laughs> and just shooting them out. Sorry, Catholics. But um, I was thinking about, you know, Louis the Ninth. he was sainted. So I was like, well, if he could do it, <laughs> we all could, right? We can all get sainted. So I was trying to look at the steps. Like, what do we need to do as cadaver gals <laughs> to become saints? Isn't um, Maria Teresa, uh, her mother, Mother Teresa, a saint? Yeah, that bitch is. And let me tell you about it. She didn't even have to go through all the normal rules. Okay. Like, I think we might have to go by the normal rules, unfortunately. But, you know, she just got passed through real quick. They're just like, yeah. I, I honestly don't think that we, we qualify ever hey, because of I'm, this podcast to be saints. That's why we're going to delete all the episodes after this one, listener. So basically, okay, first, first thing you got to do is you have to die. So step one to being sainted. But, you know, there's some things we should do before we die. So um, basically after you die, what they do is like, you know, your congregation or people who, you know, like you, your followers, your Instagram followers will, (laughs) you know, hopefully still five years after you die, they'll still be following you, even though you're not putting out content. You know, hopefully you have those that real organic reach, you know, on your Instagram. (laughs) So then you have to get your congregation followers to then approach your area bishop, okay? Um, so I need to figure out who that is. Gotta get <laughs> to the area bishop, and then the bishop will be like, yeah, okay, yeah, the cadaver gals were pretty cool, so I think we should try this process. So then the bishop hires, gets some Catholic investigators, like it's a true crime Catholic podcast, investigators to look at your writings and your sermons and your life and like interview people about you to see if you were truly uh, a servant of God. This is our trouble. This is where we might have some issues. So that is why we will need to delete everything we've ever done. Um, And then starting now, probably just do some sermons in the service of God. So that's one step. So anyway, they do this investigation to establish how much of a servant of God you are. And then um, they, at that point, then they might get permission to exhume your body because, you know, I guess they need to see the holiness of your body, which I mean, we're going to be looking pretty good, I think. So <laughs> I didn't after know they five exhume years. people's bodies. What? Why? They love doing that, Nico. We talk about this. I know. They it's not it. all the time, but I think, you know, maybe they have to look at your bones or something. See if they had, you know, Louie had bad bones, but I think we have good bones, you know, because Nika has good snacks going to Florida. So that's <laughs> good. So after that, they'll be like, yes, you're cool and holy. Um, I'm going to give you the title of venerable, uh, meaning that you are heroic in virtue. Okay, so that's the next step is you get that title. You know, it's incredibly ironic. I did not plan this, but I got my nails done uh, yesterday and they have little cherub angels all over them. So I feel like I'm one step closer than all of you. Yeah, this is a good step. Okay, after you're called venerable, here's what happens. It's a real biggie that happens is that you have to prove that you have some, that you, you're the reason for a miracle. By you, I mean your followers. And this is where I thought like you had to do miracles in advance of dying, but actually it's post-death miracles. What? Where people, what? yeah, so people have to pray and say that they are praying exclusively to you. And through that act, a miracle occurred. Now, miracles are usually in the healthcare system. It's like, yo, if you have a disease or an ailment or you're in an accident where you're like finna die, then someone prays exclusively to you or exclusively to the person, to the cadaver gals, and they get and they heal without any like scientific explanation. That's how you prove it's a miracle. So basically, you just got to find some sick people and you got to pray to the one person you want to make a saint. And then the miracle has to occur. They have to get better without any reason. And you're being like, Dr. Doug would be like, what? what? What happened? So that's how usually a miracle be happening. Okay. And the miracle is not that this show got greenlit and we did it. No, that's not the miracle. <laughs> it is a the miracle. Mir- it is a miracle, but it has to be more of like, you know, a dire, more of a dire miracle. Okay. So, and then once that happens, then that's, that's beautification and it's, when you're beautified okay. that's what that's called but so you got to be sexy nika's like check yeah gotta get beautified okay absolutely so after you're beautified the thing one way we could 
surpass this, pass this step, um, would be to die martyrs. So you don't have to do that miracle if you're a martyr. You know, you die if you die for you know the Lord. Okay. Sad, sadly, though, the the next step after that is another miracle. So martyrs, you only need one miracle, but non-martyrs, you need to do like two miracles to occur. But then once you have that next miracle, then you know, people can finally like start, you're finally a saint and they can finally start like, you know, erecting churches in your name or renaming churches to your name. And you can also like, you get a feast day and shit. But the thing is like, I don't even think it's that special, you know, cause there's like more than 10,000 saints and shit. And so it's like, the only people who might celebrate your feast day would be like your original Instagram congregation. So it's like, ah, uh, is it really even worth it? I did not know that there were over 10,000 saints. I had no idea. Who's There's the most been recent? been over 10,000 miracles. Wow. Um, yeah. I would just like to say I already am a church, so MBD. Very That's funny, true. Taylor Church. Very funny. <laughs> and I'm a light bulb. Lots Ooh. of watts. Okay. And I'm a sexy last name. And Mika's just sexy. Okay, great. Yep. Anyway, this is how we can eventually be celebrated across the Catholic diaspora, but we'll figure that out at some point. We gotta we gotta just delete everything, but we'll get there. Anyway, we're gonna I'm gonna segue into Taylor's story really smartly. You know what Catholics like? Drinking the blood of Christ. You know what the blood of Christ is? Is is wine and you know water into wine, wine, wino, Taylor, Taylor story has some alcohol yes. in it too. That and she also did it. Wow. that was flawless. Wow, wow, wow. Also, saints know what saints have? Mm. Butts. Okay. Wow. And so Taylor, yep, take us down the rabbit hole of your story. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I will. Um, as you just said, we're talking about butts. Yeah. Um, my excuse for my uh, sucking at telling a story today is that I'm busy at work, but when in doubt, talk about butts. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Also, you literally haven't even started. You don't suck yet. Okay. I'll tell you. Yeah. I'll tell you if it happens. Not yet. Okay. 2004. How are we feeling so far? Oh, I love Whoa. it. Y2K. Bush yes. presidency, emo music. Great. Um, low rise jeans. Low rise jeans. I was about to say that. Polos. Yep. Mm-hmm. Stick we're, It's hair. like we're trying to go back there now. Anyway. It really is. And it's stressing me out. I don't okay. like that idea. Yeah. But um, so there was this couple and they were in their 40s and 50s. Their names were. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their names were Michael and Tammy. No hate, but like Tammy is like is like the name Karen, except for their thing is that they just do some like crazy shit. Tammy is a crazy, crazy woman name. Um, well, that's like in um, uh, 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 Parks and Recreation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Aren't all of his wives named Tammy and they're all crazy? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so good. I need to rewatch that. Tammy's old. like a white trash Karen, maybe. Yeah. Old Tam Tam. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Michael. So we have Tammy. So, and then we have Michael, who was a bit of an alcoholic. Oops. Yeah. And he was sickly, which made alcoholism a little bit tricky. He had these ulcers, and it also gave him really bad heartburn. Also, when I was writing this, I had heartburn, and I was, like, looking for Tums. So, I could relate. I was like, no alcohol for me. Heartburn. (laughs) Tam Tam and the Tum Tums. Tam Tam and the Tum Tums, and Tay Tay also had some Tum Tums. Um, that was dumb. Okay, see, sucking. All right. Um, so anyway, so that was problematic because he had these ulcers, so he couldn't really swallow. He was all. They were all. The doctors were also like, "You probably shouldn't have alcohol. It's not. It's not great for you in your current condition." But he was like, "You know what? I I need I need it." But he was a trickster and found a different way to consume alcohol. Um, and he thought he was going to outsmart the doctors. So what he did was he would take alcoholic enemas, specifically of the sherry variety. Sherry yeah. in his butt. Yeah. I thought Tammy was in his butt, not oh sherry. <laughs> That's a good joke. I didn't think of that. So an alcoholic enema, the youths like to call this butt chugging or boofing. In my day, we would just funnel beer or do like keg stands but okay um i've actually in seen your it butt happen. no through your mouth so anyway 
Um, but if you recall, wait, you've seen a butt enema, mm-hmm. a butt chugging. Yeah, at a frat party. At a frat party, it's it's disgusting. Ew. I like don't ever want to see that again ever in my life. Okay, well, it's really dangerous. <laughs> so I, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm here you know. to tell you. Also, I'm really dumb, and I literally thought that like an alcoholic enema would just be like a liquid Advil or something that would just like dissolve and then the alcohol would be there. I'm like really stupid, but really it, I like looked it up and it's literally like funneling through your bottom. Yeah, absolutely. That is, that is what I saw. It was a handstand. It was a, it was a leg spread open. It was a, it was a funnel. Yeah. So to literally, like Nika just said, to, to have an alcoholic enema, you just have a little funnel, a little tube you know what to do. Just pick your poison and bottoms up. Literally uh, bottoms up. That's really funny, Taylor. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so I'm not judging, but the sherry seems to be like a very fancy boof. And it's like, why? I don't know. Like, you can't even taste it, right? Which, thank God, because that would be really gross. That's nasty. But yeah. also, like, he was an alcoholic. I think he just need, like needed it, you know? I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like, but sherry? Anyway, Whatever. But actually, so when Michael was younger, his mom, like all of this makes sense, full circle, his mom would give him these enemas and he basically became addicted to these enemas. And so he became very dependent on them. Um, His mom gave him alcohol? Not alcohol, like other enemas. But like why? I don't really know. It was just like, hey, you're not feeling well, enema. (laughs) You know, we were like, I have a tummy ache, enema. I don't know. Oh my gosh. No. Oh no. So he yeah, he became very dependent on them. So it all kind of makes sense. But anyway, this was a typical day, I guess, and Michael's like, "Honey, it's time for my sherry." Drops trowel. <laughs> Tammy does her thing. Um So Tammy was helping him with the enemas this whole time. So Not when he was a child, obviously, but So yeah, some people can do it on their own, but Tammy was old Tam Tam, she was nice and she was happy to administer his sherry enema. But unfortunately, this would be the last alcoholic enema he ever got. That means he died. Oh. Oh. So the next day, Tam Tam found her husband unresponsive. She calls 911 where he's pronounced dead. And the coroner had suspected that he had about two bottles of alcohol. That's a lot. His blood alcohol content was 0.47, which is like six times the too drunk to drive limit. I couldn't find exactly how much he was given, like how much of this enema he was given. But here's the thing. When you drink alcohol, there's like a lot of stuff that happens. It goes through a lot of things. It gets filtered and it's the alcohol is gradually introduced into your bloodstream. And then so like when you get have too much alcohol, your body reacts by throwing up or passing out to basically stop you from poisoning yourself. But with an enema, with an alcoholic enema, that doesn't really happen. It goes directly to your bloodstream. Like when it's taken, it's just chilling in there, swirling around, going into your bloodstream. So it's pretty easy to have too much. You don't realize how much you've had before. It's too late. Um, So we can only assume that that's what happened here. So Tammy gets arrested Oh no, Why Tam did she Tam. Get arrested? Because they're like, "Hello, he's dead. What did what did you do?" And like, and she did say like, "Hey, he takes alcohol enemas. Like that's a thing that he does." I wasn't 100% if she actually there I saw where she like said that she denied giving him the enema, but like sometimes like she did. So I'm like kind of confused. I think she did, but anyway. So she goes to jail for negligent homicide. She's then released on a $30,000 bond, and then three years later, they go to trial. The trial's then dismissed for lack of evidence. So basically, the defense was making this comparison that, like, if somebody has lung cancer and you buy them cigarettes, is that murder? So there's, like, no evidence found whether she would, like, intentionally murder her husband. And, like, I think something else – she also, like, burned his um, his will – Um, Which you're not supposed to do that, but, like, I guess she did that to prove, like, I didn't want anything out of this. Like, I loved him. He loved me. Like, I was just doing what he wanted. And you know me. I love a good quote. So here's what old Tam Tam said. My husband told me he loved me more than anything in the world except for God. LOL. I'm not ashamed of my husband because I loved him and I supported him a thousand percent. Whatever he wanted to do. 
that's the way he went out, and I'm sure that's the way he wanted to go out because he loved his enemas. Wow. Wow. Oh, my god! So she was like, she was like, look, he died. He died doing what he loved. I supported him, but I didn't kill him. Shit happens. Like, it was a dangerous thing, and we all knew that it was a dangerous thing, but that was a risk, I guess, that he was willing to take. So... I wow. just, that last sentence, like, he died doing what he loved, and that was enemas. My God. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, some people, I mean, beyond, and I don't know, Gabby, if you're going to talk about this later, but beyond the fact that it gets you drunker faster, it's also, like, kind of an erotic thing, I guess, for some people. So, I don't know. I guess, well, Taylor, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> and welcome. I guess it's a good... Less, yeah, sherry was a specific beverage, so that is interesting. But uh, we'll be right back with a little bit more about sticking things in your orifices. Okay, BRB. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold Blooded The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now, the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, here we are at Cadaver Gals, um, having a good ass time talking about, you know, ass. an enema of alcohol in your bot bottom. Um, okay, so, you know, alcohol enemas, as Taylor was saying, they're a real thing. People do them. There's a, a, a large variety of different types of enemas, too. And 
Taylor is also telling us about how, you know, it's dangerous as heck because it means, you know, if it's going into your butt, there isn't like a way to regurgitate the alcohol. You know, you can't throw it up. So like you will just like be more susceptible to alcohol poisoning. But yeah, so throwing up is lit. Okay, drinking is so cool. Okay, but the butt is not the only orifice people have put alcohol in before. Definitely not. Wow. Okay, I'm not they've, surprised. They've also, you know, have, you know, soaked tampons in alcohol and stuck it in their cooters. Yeah. Wait, JK, that's not a real thing. Okay. <laughs> this is actually an it's urban not? myth. Sorry. This, yeah. Okay. What? I don't it's know, an I, urban legend. Legend. I thought that I don't wow I like heard about that growing up like in high school that's so weird yeah this is the problem with the media sometimes you hear a thing and then you're like oh my god it must be real it's like the show this show where I like to do fear-mongering it's the same thing that's a lot of like fear-mongering like maybe a few times people have done this but it was not like the epidemic of suburban teens that like the media was trying to make it seem like or the media wasn't trying they were just like caught got caught up in like the salaciousness and the dangerousness of this idea that teens were doing this to get drunk. Okay. Because basically, yeah, because I remember this was like in 2012, I think like, but the earliest time this was ever like reported in like a newspaper was in like 1999. But there, there really just isn't like most of the stories, there's never an actual specific case where this happened. And so basically what they would say uh, is that, you know, parents, they need to watch out for their kids soaking tampons and alcohol and sticking it in their vaginas because they want to get drunk faster. They also want to, like, not smell like alcohol. And they also thought that, you know, if you got drunk in this manner, you wouldn't, when you were breathalyzed, there wouldn't be any alcohol traced in your breath. But all of this thing is, like, even those points that they're trying to make in this lie are also, like, None of that actually works because like even if you did get drunk off of like either butt chugging or having like a tampon in your vagina soaked in alcohol, you would still your breath would still smell because it's still way alcohol is, is expelled. And also your breath, you would when your breath lies, you would still it's still it in your still bloodstream. Register. Yeah, it's still in your bloodstream. So all of that is silly. Even the lies within the lie. It's all stupid. Also, another problem. Here's. <laughs> This is why journalism is can be hilarious. I guess journalism in quotation marks. But there is this one blogger who actually did an experiment who was like, OK, they're saying teens are doing this. So let's try it out. Let's do it. Mm. And I didn't take it upon myself. To try it out this time. Good. Glad you made that. But decision. she did a test where she took uh, some tampons and she put them and vodka to see how much they absorbed and it was kind of like with a regular tampon it would be like a third of a shot so a third of an ounce basically but then you know maybe with a jumbo tampon at most it would be like 1.5 ounces so kind of like your standard bar drink or whatever but the problem is then here's the thing once you like have a tampon that has liquid in it it's hard to put it up in there we all know that you know you're not going to do a pre-damp tampon up in there no so like when you're even trying to put it in, like half of that alcohol is going to like spill out of it because you're and so the thing is, like, even if you did do that, like you're not even putting that much alcohol into your body. OK, so it's all silly. It doesn't make any sense. So you wouldn't even really get drunk. So then it's kind of like, well, how would you do it? Would you have to like stick lots of tampons up in there and teens, teens, college kids? I don't think anyone's, you know. There's a level of discomfort that people do, I think, to have fun. But that's just like a lot of discomfort. So it doesn't make any sense. Also, it's going to hurt like ass. Like it's going to hurt so bad because especially if you're doing it in liquor, uh-huh. like you're putting, no, you know, you're putting a, a liquor stingy thing into your very, you know, we, we should protect the vagina because it has all this like, you know, bacteria. It's a very delicate balance of fluids and junk and so you got to keep it all good and so if you put the alcohol it would just be really bad for you but also it hurt really bad yeah it's weird when I was in high school I remember everyone talking about this but no one ever like I don't know anyone who actually did it you know yeah because it's fake (laughs) I mean I think someone's done that I someone has done this you know people have for sure stuck things in their vagina that maybe shouldn't have been there just like the butt you know we've done we on cadaver gals have exposed some of these problems of you know like eels in the butt like that the eel in the butt was crazy that was yeah that was one of the crazy stories i've ever told i didn't like (laughs) that one anyway but this is kind of also like 
the same thing with like Tide Pods where like it wasn't really a thing, but then it just got blown out of proportion of like, yeah, I mean, Tide Pods, probably someone's eaten them before, but it's not like an epidemic yeah, of pot I mean, Tide Pods. Do they eating. look scrumptious? Yes. Yeah. But like no one's going to eat them. That's like when you look a, like at rocks, like pretty rocks. You want to put them in your mouth, but you're not going to do it because – Remember no. the bath salt yeah. epidemic? And, oh my gosh, yes. When that one guy, everyone thought that he was like crazy, quote unquote, off bath salts. And then he turns out he had severe mental illness. We also talked about that in the podcast. We are expose queens, okay? Wow. We No, we literally thought there was going to be a zombie apocalypse. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because of bath salts, but no. I was scared to use bath salts for like the longest time. You were afraid like, you were going to eat them? No. Oh, my gosh. No. I was just afraid they were going to, like, seep into my skin and turn me into a zombie. Okay. Yeah. So, all I'm trying to say, kids, okay? <laughs> if you're a teen <laughs> who's trying to get drunk, just do it the regular way. <laughs> through yeah. your mouth hole, okay? Oh, no. You don't need these other holes, you know? <laughs> well, this has been another episode of Cadaver Gals. Um, I hope you guys are going to follow us so that we can become saints um and make sure you know we get that done okay so we'll talk at you next week Cadaver Gals is a production of School of Humans and iHeartRadio. It is hosted by me, Gabby Watts, Nika Duarte, and Taylor Church. Uh, you can follow us on the internet at Cadaver Gals on Instagram and Twitter. You can also like and subscribe on various apps or whatever. And if you're going to leave a review, be nice about it. And also stop worrying about medieval rats. They're fine. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series Cold-Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, starting May 6th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.